It's Bobby Carroll Podcast brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. John Shannon is with us as per usual. What's up? Well, I'll tell you what, you know, we, you know, Southern Ontario got its first real snow of the year. So that means we have to talk baseball. Exactly. <laughs> right. Because we've got to get out of this doldrum. I mean, it's not going to last, but uh, it's a uh, pitchers and catchers have reported. Alec Manoa's lost 30 pounds. Looks pretty good, Bob. He looked I pretty good so. yesterday. Sure. I don't care so, how he uh, looks. I care how he finishes. Well, that was part of it. He's, he's, he's got the delivery. No, it's not. You know? It's not part of it at all. At all. You don't think. No, so you're uh, you're still you're still concerned about him, obviously. Well, of course, yes. How many guys has he got out since last year? None. Well, about the same amount as he did last year. None. Well, he was was he not crappy last year? Well, he was. It it was in in fact, it was the underlying story of the season that no one wanted to talk about. How they well, managed him, yes, how they did. handled him. It was It was awful. How they managed well, that whole situation. He didn't pitch well. Let's put it that way. And right. he has well, better this year, or he won't make the team even. Well, or or maybe he's a trade uh, option. Could be. Who knows? Could be. So here, so let's talk baseball. Dave Hodge, who's uh, been one of our regular baseball guys, and Gregor Chisholm of the Toronto Star, who follows the Blue Jays, they'll join okay. us after let's this. Do it. Hi, this is Bob McCowan for BetRivers.com. Hey, if you're looking for a sports book or casino app, you should check out the Bet Rivers Sports and Casino app today. Play all of your favorite casino games for real money anywhere and anytime. Plus, get in the action with each sports game with hundreds of sports betting options. And get ready to feel like a VIP because you'll earn both loyalty level points and bonus store points on every real money wager you make. You must be 19 plus available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 or speak to an advisor free of charge. BetRivers.com. Welcome back to the podcast. Bob and John in the snow in Toronto. Gregor Chisholm. From the Toronto Star and Dave Hodge join us to talk about uh, baseball, a little baseball. Pitchers and catchers have reported. And uh, Gregor, what do you, uh, I guess the biggest story uh, in Dunedin today for the next couple of days will be uh, our friend Alec Manoa and his weight loss. Would that be fair? Yeah, no, it, it's, I mean, part of it's because there's, it's mostly a returning team. There's not a whole lot of new storylines, but I mean, this is in some ways a continuation from what happened last year. And, and I mean, Alec Manoa essentially disappeared in, in August and, and the Jays and, and his party as well didn't really say much at all during the off season. So it's a continuation of where we were last year. Um, certainly the, the weight loss has been noticeable. This is obviously the time when, um, you know, everybody talks about being in the best shape of their life. And usually that's pretty cliche. The Jays this year actually have some guys who need to be in the best shape of their life. And, and Manoa is one of them. Um, Alejandro Kirk's another, uh, Vladimir Guerrero too. Um, so there's some good positive reports on that early on. Uh, Manoa looks good, uh, but essentially, you know, the conditioning is just one part of this. Um, he's a guy who, who experienced some, you know, velocity drop last year. The innings seemed to catch up on him. Um, they need him in a, in a big way to bounce back. And so he's going to be a storyline, not just this week, but he's going to be a storyline for the next few months. 
Dave, with or without Manoa, is this the best uh, rotation in baseball? Pretty close. Uh, you know, the first four, if they do what they did last year, now they were exceedingly healthy last year. And uh, you know, does that happen two years in a row? I don't know. Uh, my question for, for Gregor would be a question for Alec Manoa or anybody in the Jays management. Um, are there questions uh, and or answers about what happened last season? Uh, and if not yet, are we ever going to find out what that story was? I don't think we're going to get the full details. I mean, to me, you know, it's part of it is connecting the dots here uh, to a certain extent. I, I think the first uh, mistake that was made last year was definitely on the organization. When they sent him down, they, they brought him back way too early. Um, you know, when they went down and they were using the, the Roy Halladay comparison of a guy who really needed to go down, get into that pitching lab that they were talking about and really kind of needed to 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 rebuild himself and, to, and make himself new again. They only gave him a couple starts down there. Uh, and, and that was because they didn't have anyone else in the, at the major league level who was ready to kind of step in. It was a lack of depth that the organization really paid for. So they had to rush him back. That was on the team. Uh, and then I think when Alec uh, came back, um, he thought he was back for good. You know, he, he kind of bought into that as well about the fact that he was going to be fixed and, and was going to be this new pitcher. Um, just not enough time had passed. And so uh, they cut the cord pretty quickly uh, upon that second return. And, and then I think the second part of that is on the player. I, I mean, he's, he obviously did not react very well uh, to being sent down the second time. Um, you know, the, what's a little bit uncertain there is exactly what was going on with his shoulder. Uh, but to me, he was a guy who was perfectly healthy when he left the Jays that second time. And, and then within that week, uh, so, started coming up with some soreness. So, uh, I mean, this is this is a case where both sides desperately need a, a clean slate here. Um, Manoa had no leverage. Um, you're not The Jays weren't going to give him away essentially for nothing in the offseason. So he's stuck. He doesn't have any leverage. The Jays don't really have any options here either because they don't have anywhere else to turn in terms of their, for, their uh, final spot in the rotation. So these guys are kind of stuck together uh they kind of need to make this work but this is a team that needs offense pitching is great and their pitching will probably be good enough this year at least maybe the best of baseball who knows but their offense is horrible and they did nothing during the offseason to help themselves offensively did they no, they didn't do anything. You you look at this roster, and I don't see a single spot that's been upgraded compared to, to what they had last year. Um, and, yeah, the rotation is great. Uh, it very well could be one of the best in baseball, but the problem is that this team is being built now around the fact that that rotation has to be as good as it was last year. And, and last year's rotation, I mean, Dave touched on this. I mean, it, it's very unlikely that they're going to get the same health that they did last year. Um, you know, it reminds me a lot of 2016 uh, when the Jays uh, made it to the ALCS for the se second year in a row. And, and that team was led by a, a really good starting rotation. Aaron Sanchez won the ERA title. Uh, Jay Happ won 20 games for them. Marco Estrada uh, was lights out for them all year. Uh, and then what happened the next year? I mean, Sanchez was, wasn't the same after 2016. Uh, Estrada um, essentially hit the end of the road at the end of 2016. And, and Jay Happ stayed good. But, I mean, the rotation as a whole, they went from having the best rotation in the American League to a rotation that was very much middle of the pack. And, and that's not necessarily going to happen this year with this team. But if, if this rotation, uh, you know, regresses even just a little bit, uh, I don't know. I don't see how they're going to make up for it offensively because my expectation going into this offseason was, OK, well, they've got the pitching and defense. They could take a little bit of a step back there in order to uh, load up on offense. And while we didn't see them load up on offense at all, we, we saw them we, we saw them load up on, on essentially infielders who, who can't hit very well.
Right. Well, um, you know, I thought they had to make a big splash. Everybody uh, hoped they would. They tried. They failed. Um, every team's entitled to make a sales pitch. So uh, the Jays have to revert to plan B, which is to tell uh, those of us who consider ourselves pundits uh, to think back uh, one year to when we were saying World Series contenders because Springer, Bichette, Guerrero, uh, great pitching and outstanding outfield defense. The problem is that uh, this team underperformed, but the Jays are saying all of that is back. Now beyond Guerrero in the, in the batting order, uh, we can talk about a lot of uh, holes or questions, but the Jays are basically saying, um, you know, and they said it, they used the word blip. Um, last year was a blip. Well, if you're buying that, then that's what they're selling because that's all they got to sell. Exactly. exactly. Do you get a sense, guys, um, Dave, do you get a sense that Ross thinks he can just talk over our heads and just, you know, say stuff? I mean, the whole thing about uh, in the last day or two, talking about the budget and talking about, uh, you know, this is what we're going to work with this. I, I just get I just get a sense that they think they can say anything and then they expect people to buy it. Well, as I say, you know, they're allowed to uh, try to be optimistic so they can try to sell tickets. There's a difference between being optimistic and just bullshitting. That's well, that's my point. There's optimistic and there's and there's realistic. Um, <laughs> I don't mind, honestly, the uh, the Justin Turner signing uh, to be the cleanup hitter, the D.H., the guy had 96 RBIs in Boston last year, which was two more than Vladimir Guerrero had in Toronto. He's 39 years old, but he's dependable, and he's also versatile, and I think the, the Jays like versatility. I don't blame them for that. So you can put him at third. You can put him at first. Uh, basically, he's a DH, and uh, he'll probably, you know, he could lead the team in, in well, second to Bichette maybe in batting average. And if those first three guys are getting on base, um, he can drive them in. Beyond that is the problem. You know, they didn't fill a hole at second base. They didn't fill a hole at third base. And you've got Varsho, you've got uh, Kiermaier, and you've got Kirk slash Jansen that have to do some hitting beyond Vladdy. And why are we waiting to talk about Vladdy? I mean, you know, he has to be the guy to take them where they want to go uh and if he doesn't then they're not going there so uh you know what what do we expect uh out of out of laddie gregor i mean that's definitely the question of the year uh, i mean i personally think he's gonna i, I think he's gonna bounce back a little bit uh, i don't think necessarily that that 2021 he's gonna get back there uh, i wouldn't rule it out in future seasons necessarily um i, I still think he has that in there um, even though there were some ballpark factors in there and the fact that the Jays are playing in a lot of minor league stadiums this year. I mean, you look at the guy, he's still 24 years old. Uh, he's got a long road ahead of him, uh, but the Jays need him right now and they need him to be that guy. Uh, and, and to me, that's kind of, that's one of the reasons why I, I found that the Jays offseason so disappointing uh, from their perspective is that uh, you absolutely have to have that now. I mean, if, if you don't have, I mean, this team was going to go as far as, as Vladimir Guerrero and Bo Bichette uh, took them to a certain extent anyways. Uh, but the reason why I see this team's upside as being 
pretty bit uh, substantially lower than it was at this time last year because you've got an aging George Springer now. Uh, I mean, we saw some some really concerning signs of regression from him last year. Almost kind of brings back memories of of, of Vernon Wells and how the later stages of his career uh, panned out. And so maybe he'll bounce back and be that guy he was before. Uh, but my expectations of, of him has been lowered and my expectations of the outfield in general ha has been lowered because of, uh, you know, Dalton Varsho not being the guy um, that the Jays thought he was going into last year, too. So um, if you're if you're taking away some of those areas. Uh, then it's just going to add even more to the pressure of a guy like Guerrero to, to really kind of handle the load. And we've seen times throughout his Jays career. I mean, he's a laid back, easygoing guy, uh, but he puts a lot of stuff on his shoulders when the rest of the team isn't going well. And, and when he tends to do that, uh, he tends to spiral a little bit in terms of his plate, uh, you know, what he's, what he's swinging at at the plate. Um, and so, I, you know, I, I think he's going to have a bounce back year. Um, but if, if he doesn't, then uh, I mean, the Jays are in a whole world of hurt. Look, well, your home I, runs have got to come from a few places only. Yeah. One of them is the outfield. Traditionally, the outfielders hit home runs. And probably, in my mind, probably you want your outfield to hit 80, maybe 90 home runs collectively. Well, this team has no chance of that happening. None whatsoever. They just don't. They had power in the outfield, at least a little bit. And they've given that up. They gave that up two years ago. And uh, they didn't do anything this year to help themselves. Nothing. And Guerrero's 47 home runs is a long time ago and probably won't be repeated. So this is a team with um, really no power. And, uh, you know, the only thing that overcomes that is the ability to hit singles. And they don't have that. They don't have a lot of guys with big averages. You know, one or two guys maybe hit 300, maybe, but not a whole team's worth. You know, it's not like the old days where we had, you know, Ole Rude and Alomar and, you know, we had four guys that had 300. Those days are gone. So I'm not oh. optimistic, I got to tell you. And I think he's done a crappy job, too. How how surprised are you that, that after the, the, the Otani drama, that they didn't try to, you know, get a better bat for the outfield. How surprised are you? I'm really surprised. I mean, you you look at, there was only three teams last year that hit fewer home runs in the outfield than the Blue Jays, uh, and they were not good teams. Uh, and my main expectation, the bare minimum that I thought the Jays were going to do this offseason was, was going to be to add a big bat to left field. And, and the reason why I thought they were going to do that is because Dalton Varsho, um, you know, he's here for a while. Uh, but he can easily play center field. He plays center field just as well as he does left field. And so to me, um, that made Kevin Kiermaier a bit of a redundant piece. I mean, Kevin Kiermaier had a, a perfectly fine season last year for the Jays based on what he was expected to do. Um, but what he's expected to do is not really what the Jays need. They don't need more defense. Uh, they need some pop. And, and the way you're going to add that into the lineup is by moving Varsho in, into center uh, and then replacing him with somebody else. And so the fact that they essentially just decided to run it back to me is very surprising. And, and you know, the point that I keep going back to is, you know, for, for as close as the, the Jays claimed that they were to Shohei Otani or as close as they thought that they were to him, 
I mean, what was what was the plan there? If you're trying to sell Shohei Otani on coming to Toronto, okay, that's fine. You've got the money to potentially sign him. But when he asked what's next, what were what were what were they saying there? Because essentially, it seems like their plan this offseason was Shohei Otani or bust. So when he said, you look at what the Dodgers did, they made like six, seven moves after Shohei Otani signed right. to really solidify that team. What was Ross doing in that room, saying that they were going to sign Isaiah Kiner-Falefa uh, uh, if, if Shohei Otani came to the Jays? So, I mean, there's that's where the, the biggest flaw was. Is Otani obviously would have been a heck of a piece, and he would have really made the Jays offseason. Uh, but even if they had signed him, they, they had some other holes, too. Uh, and, and it's just surprising, in particular, that left field spot is, is the one where I'm, I'm surprised more than anything that the Jays didn't do well, something there. Who would you have put there? I mean, give me a big bat who can play left field and hit home runs. Yeah, it's a very fair counterpoint because this is not the offseason for it. Personally, I, I just would have sacrificed defense. And, and so there were guys you could, you could I mean, they're not going to do a whole lot for you with the glove, whether it was a Jorge Soler or a Jock Peterson. I mean, those are DH types. You don't really like it. But to me, if you can get, it reminds me of the days a little bit of when Teoscar Hernandez uh, was with the Jays, especially early on. He, he was a nightmare defensively, but you took what you could offensively from him. Uh, and, and then you lifted him late in the game every single time. So whether that's you have a, another Bradley Zimmer off the bench who comes in every single time, to me, it, it's that's not a perfect solution either. Uh, I'm not saying that that is, is a magic solution here. Uh, but to me, I just would have been focusing on offense, 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 hmm. because I think you had enough Agreed. defense elsewhere where you can you can sacrifice a little bit to really get some more bats. Well, I think I, I think the home runs the big bat had to come from the DH spot and I was all for Jorge Soler, but I don't think you can play him in the outfield. And, uh, you know, he's not going to play in the outfield, but he can hit 30, 35, 40 in a, in a good year uh, out of the DH spot. Uh, whether he wanted to come to Toronto, whether they tried to get him, everybody apparently wanted him on a two-year deal and he was holding out for three years and he got, he got three years. I also liked going back to uh, you know early offseason uh, uh, hopes or wishes or thoughts. Uh, I like the idea of Mitch Garver as as the DH and uh, a catcher who can fill in when Kirk when not if when Kirk or Jansen and or Jansen gets hurt. Uh, whether they tried for that, I don't know. The thing you know they're they're criticized for not doing enough. Maybe they tried to do more, and maybe players just preferred to go elsewhere. That, we don't know. You never know that. Um, so uh, that's, you know, they're left with what they have. And that's why I say um, I'll at least let them try to sell that. Um, it, but it's hard to do. The general manager's responsibility, though, Dave, is – to make the changes that are necessary. And he has failed that. He failed two years ago with the outfield conversion. You know, it, this was supposed to be, and maybe was, a good defensive team last year. The impact of that is zero. Zero. Being a good defense team is great only if you're also a good offensive team. Period. End of story. And they weren't good offensively last year. And the defense didn't win them any games. Any. Period. Well, uh, let me give you then the uh, number one question about this team. What? Can they get over these disastrous playoff losses? 
Here we go. We went 17 minutes before we brought it up. There we I go. Never, That's a record. I, I didn't mention any names, but <laughs> you know, we're talking about a team that did uh, squeak into the playoffs last year. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think can make the playoffs again this year. But my number one question is, can they win a game? Can they win a series? The last two of which will live on the bad side of this team's history for, for a long time. Well, look, they made decisions during last year's playoffs that have been very controversial. Who made those decisions? Well, was it the manager or the general manager? The same guys that are making them this year, unless it's DeMarlo Hale making them this year. You're right about hey, that. Not so you know, Bobby, Bob, you talked about the team being so good defensively last year, but one of the keys to all of that was a really good defensive third baseman. Yeah, you know, and they Matt, don't Matt, have that anymore either. Matt, Matt Chapman is not on this roster anymore. So how – well, let's go through the four positions in the infield. We know Bichette and Guerrero – are going to be in so their regular. Third, we have no idea. Uh, we so, always do. Are you, are you you're putting Turner at the DH and uh, and putting Kiner Falefa at third base? Uh, let's call him IKF. Let's you know. Let's let's be like. I, know, I, I like saying a Kiner Falefa because it, it makes me think of Ralph Kiner. Well, call him Isaiah <laughs> then if you want. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but uh, they they need the prophecy of Isaiah. Um, Whatever, whatever that means. Whatever no, that means, yes. He'll play third base more than anybody else, but you can put Biggio there, you can put Schneider there, you can put Espinal there. You know, they got they're mixing and matching second base, third base all year, presumably. And I guess if they don't find another right-handed bat who can play the outfield, that's the you know, it's the Whit Merrifield role, and that's David Schneider, uh, I guess. So yeah, there's it's a it's a puzzle. But those four guys, two of them uh, are third basemen and two of them are second basemen, but right. they can all switch. What makes so, people it, think that Schneider will be an impact player? Yeah. What exactly? A uh, weekend series at Fenway Park. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, yeah, uh, one good weekend, his first weekend in the majors. And other than that, He's a very ordinary player. Well, I I forgot a name, you know, late last night or early this morning, depending Eduardo on Eduardo Escobar. Eduardo Escobar, my goodness. Uh, is there any talk about him? Uh, and 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 if so, should there be? <laughs> well, is it just another classic case of uh, we're gonna we're gonna just put a giant bag full of utility infielders on the roster, right, Gregor? Yeah, they're just cornering, like I said before, they're cornering the market on utility infielders who can't hit. I mean, they, they seem to have like four or five of them on the roster right now. Uh, I mean, Eduardo Escobar, I, I don't I don't see him fitting in too much. I mean, there is the, the 26 man on, on the roster. That final spot is technically up for grabs if they use Schneider more in the outfield, which as of right now, it looks like they're going to have to do because they don't have a right handed hitting platoon. Um, that's going to have to be Schneider as of today. Um, so it gives them uh, another option for the for the infield. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you guys, you guys are right. I mean, they're essentially going to piece together both third base and, and second base for for pretty much the entire year. And um, the candidate, I think the reason why Schneider gets so much what so much hype right now is because comparatively, 
I, I mean, he, his track record is so small right now, uh, but comparatively, the track records of the other guys aren't aren't very good. So, I mean, for the most part, you know what you're going to get from IKF, and it's he'll he'll give you comparable defense to what what Matt Chapman does at third base, uh, but he's not going to hit a lick. And, and Santiago Espinal and and IKF are essentially the same player combined. They're they're making ten million dollars this year, uh, and so you're, you're putting together a you know a relatively high high price position there between two guys who normally are the type of players you would think that you can get from the minor leagues and pay them around the league minimum and, and save that money for elsewhere. Well, the, the Jays obviously weren't able to do that, and so uh, you know the opportunity is there for someone to take the job and run with it. But I, I think you're going to see mix and match all year because I, I don't think anyone is going to take it and run with it. Eduardo. Eduardo Escobar is a switch hitter. Run that up the flagpole. And uh, wow. Um, I want to go, uh, if you don't mind, back to the, the pitching staff, although I don't think he's going to be on it, uh, and talk about what surely is the most intriguing, puzzling, uh, questionable move of the offseason. And that was the signing of Yariel Rodriguez. A, a Cuban pitcher, free agent, who did not pitch last season at all after the World Classic uh, and who has pitched in Japan. Uh, he has pitched as both a starter and a reliever. They gave him a five-year contract. When, when does this team hand out five-year contracts to completely unproven major league players, Gregor? Yeah, it's very rare. Uh, I mean, ironically enough, this is a move I, I like a little bit more than some of the other ones. I do, I do like the Justin Turner move in isolation. I just think it would have been a lot better if he came with other bats. Some of the other moves that the Jays have made this offseason, I, I really, I really hate. Uh, Yariel Rodriguez is is certainly a gamble, uh, but this is a team that doesn't like to take risks very often, um, and, and so a little bit of risk I think is okay. Um, the five years is certainly a long time, um, but. I mean, there's there's a lot of things to like about this arm. The question to me is whether or not he's going to have enough sec secondary stuff to to make it as a starter. And and I think if he doesn't make it as a starter, the Jays are going to have a hard time recouping a value. Uh, but even if he doesn't slot into the rotation full time, even though he might be overpaid for the role, uh, I think he'll be a nice fit in the bullpen. And, and you know, it looks from the video at least. We haven't had a, a chance to see him much in person yet. Um, but the, from the video, I mean, he's got a lights out slider. Um, really the type of lethal type stuff that you usually like in high leverage type spots, but the Jays like him in, in more of a bulk role. They, they're, they're excited to see what he can do as a starter. And, and to me, the Jays needed somebody like this uh, because what we were talking about before with the help of the rotation, I mean, they're just not going to stay healthy all year and th they need a reliable backup starter that they didn't really have before. Uh, I mean, Bowden Francis filled a little bit of a role for them last year, but he's best used in like two inning stints out of the bullpen. Uh, Ricky Tiedemann needs more time in the minor leagues before he can become a realistic option. This team was going to be in a lot of trouble if, if they had a, a repeat performance from Manoa and, and they had to make a move at some point in, in say, late April or early May. Um, so now they at least have a guy that they can turn to that, that um, you know, after he gets built up, he's going to be brought along slowly this spring. He's not a candidate to break camp, I don't think, as, as, as a fifth starter. He's not a threat to Manoa that way. Uh, but he provides some much-needed insurance. But there's no denying it. it's a huge gamble because the track record for him, uh, for a guy who hasn't even pitched last year, certainly not there. Well, I, Before I, assume, we go, before... I, I assume just one point, John, and then uh, uh, sorry. But I assume they yeah, had no, to give him five years. You know, they're not going to walk up to this guy and say, here's a five-year contract. Other teams are probably waiting with, with four-year deals. Uh, 
So we'll you know, give them the benefit of the doubt there. The, the big question is, uh, if you're giving a guy a five-year contract at what, six point something, yeah. um, I don't think you want him to be a reliever. No. I, so I think he starts the season in Buffalo. Yep. And you stretch him out after not pitching last season. And you see what he can do as a starter. And potentially, uh, Kikuchi could leave uh, after this season. Uh, anybody with free agent possibilities is is going to explore them these days. Uh, so maybe he's, never mind Manoa, maybe a year from now, Yariel Rodriguez uh, gets into the rotation that way. Sorry, John, go ahead. It's okay, Noah, just before we go to break, uh, Gregor, any concerns in the bullpen? I, I, you know, they, they did lose a couple of the kids that they had traded for at the deadline last year, but uh, it looks like the same old characters to me. Yeah, they, they lost Jordan Hicks, but I, I think he was expendable. Uh, you know, I, th I think bringing back Chad. He was Green, the only guy that had great velocity, though, to me. He, he was certainly was the, the high hard thrower. There's no doubt about that. But they, they've got a ton of depth down there. Uh, I think bringing back Chad Green uh, gives them a little bit more experience. Uh, you know, the Jays only got a glimpse of what he can do last year coming off Tommy John. I think he'll be better this upcoming season. He's not the, the super hard thrower uh, that a Hicks is, but he can be that reliable setup man. Uh, and, and to me, this is the one spot where they are just really covered off depth wise. It, it's, a, it's a spot in the team where they can afford to have a couple of guys uh, go down with injuries uh, because they have added protection in the minors. Um, so I, I think that's going to be, you know, the rotation is their biggest strength, uh, but the mm -hmm. bullpen is, is a close second. I think they'll be fine down there. That's uh, Gregor Chisholm, Dave Hodge, Bob McCow, and John Shannon back after this. So we, we've touched on the outfield. They didn't go get another bat for the outfield. Uh, how much pressure, Dave, on Dalton Varsho this year after expectations were so high last year and he disappointed at the plate? Well, he has to hit uh, more than 220. Um, he can hit 20 uh, home runs uh, for a minimum uh, and, uh, you know, hopefully 30, never mind what the average is. Uh, you know, he... He can hit home runs. Uh, I'd like to see them uh, run more, and he can help them in that uh, department. But pressure, yes, uh, and I think he feels it. Um, and it's not just enough to be as good as he is defensively. And I think Kevin Kiermeyer, who is great defensively as well, and is uh, you know a self-proclaimed best ninth-place hitter in baseball, still needs to be better uh, when you don't have a whole lot else between, you know, five and, and eight uh, and you're looking for one, two and three to be your big bats and driving in runs. Then I think Kiermaier can uh, stand to, to improve at the plate. Um, and I think he might've been a little disappointed. He didn't play more last year. I think he expected to be there every day. Yeah. And, uh, and, and he, and he wasn't. So I think there's some pressure on him too, as happy as he is to be back. You well, know, there's no belt this year. There's no belt this year to be in the way. Sorry, Bob. Who has to improve in the outfield of Springer. His offense was crappy last year, to be honest. And they're paying this guy 25 million a year, which sounds like peanuts, but it really isn't. And he's not producing at that rate. He just didn't hit well enough last year. I have another uh, number one question uh, off the field. Uh, and this is for Gregor. Uh, what will be the effect 
of the changes in the dugout. The new title of offensive coordinator uh, given to Don Mattingly uh, and the addition of associate manager DeMarlo Hale. Uh, the effect, apart from John Schneider wondering what his role is. <laughs> is this going to mean anything uh, or not? I don't think it means a thing, if I'm being honest. I think it's just shuffling the cards around. Uh, you know, I, I think DeMarlo Hale bringing him in, um, you know, DeMarlo is obviously an extremely seasoned guy and and uh, was Jays fans should be aware of him, um, having been around uh, John Gibbons for so long. Uh, I think having a guy like that in the dugout, another seasoned voice, uh, certainly can't hurt. Um, but the rest, I, I don't know. I, I was expecting much more in terms – when the Jays finished last season and, and, and they – you know, I, I think back to the the Atkins uh, first press conference of the offseason. He was talking about doing this deep dive on the offensive issues that the team had. And, and, and Mark Shapiro came out a few days later and said the exact same thing. I mean, I, I was expecting some, some wholesale changes there because you don't usually telegraph something like that. Um, and then they came out and essentially didn't do much. I mean, they just gave guys essentially new titles. So. Um, you know, the one thing, you know, maybe I think it does is it frees up Don Mattingly to take a little bit more of a hands on role. He's a he's a really, really respectful guy who doesn't um, want to step on anybody's toes. And, and I think last year as bench coach, you know, there was maybe a little bit of a hesitancy to, to take a little bit more of a lead role offensively at times when he saw things out because he didn't want to, you know, he didn't want to upset Guillermo Martinez or any or you know, Hunter Mintz or, or any of the guys who are on the offensive side. So I, I think it, it gets him maybe a little bit more of a hands-on role. But outside of that, I, you know, I think it's just window dressing. I'm glad I mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it are, are we done with the Jays? Are, are you just, are you satisfied enough that we, we – now are they going to make the playoffs, Gregor? I mean, as of right now, I would I would still pick them as as the final wild card spot. Um, that has more to do with the lack of competition uh, around the rest of the American League, I think, than anything. Um, you know, I, I think back to you know when I was talking to you guys late last year uh, during the season. I mean, it was it was okay. Well, who's going to overtake the Jays to to make the playoffs? And you know, I would I would say this. I would ask a similar question this off season. I mean, I've been very unimpressed with what the Jays did this winter, but you know, they still had a pretty strong base to work from. So. You know, I, I would pick them as that final wild card spot, but they're certainly not the lock that they were before. I, hey. I'm well, yeah, I think they make the playoffs. And uh, I, I'm going to say what I say every year uh, that has uh, always been wrong and say it again because I think it's going to be right this year. I think this is the year that Tampa Bay is as bad as Tampa Bay is supposed to be. Uh, I mean, you can't have you know, Wander Franco waiting outside a courtroom in the Dominican Republic and three of your best starting pitchers uh, recovering from Tommy John surgery. Uh, yeah, they have a system and they have a manager, uh, but one of these years, you know, they're going to play like uh, it looks like they will and play like they did in the playoffs last year for that matter. Uh, so I think that helps the Jays. And, I, I, you know, Juan Soto's a Yankee. Uh, great. That's one player. Uh, they had to give up a bunch of pitching for him. I don't see the Yankees as anything other than Juan Soto hype. Um, and the Red Sox, I think, look to be a bit of a mess. And Baltimore can win the division. Uh, the Jays, Easily. The yeah. Jays can finish second or third. 
Yeah, I was going to say by process of elimination, you're suggesting that the Yankees are still in, in, you know, in in a rebuild. The Red Sox are swooning. You're you're hoping that Tampa is where we all think Tampa should be. Then it's almost like the Jays get second by default. Is that well, fair? You, yeah, but then you have to also, if they're a wild card team, you have to look west to a division that has Houston, Texas, and Seattle in it. And, yeah. uh, you know, all three of those teams made the playoffs last year. So maybe that's where the real competition comes from. The other the other aspect of this offseason is that we, we haven't seen Cody Bellinger sign. We haven't seen Blake Snell sign. Uh, J.D. Martinez is still out there. You know, it's, for what it's worth, you know, Joey Votto is still out there and wants to play. Why, Gregor, why have... Why have we seen a delayed free agency after all the Otani news? Yeah, a few things on that. I, th- I think it's 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 gotten worse in baseball seemingly every year. I mean, this this has been a, a trend now for a little while, uh, but I think it's even worse this year in particular uh, because a lot of those guys are Scott Boris clients, and, and Scott Boris has has been down this road many times before. It's very common for him to take his clients to. Uh, January, early February, uh, getting into late February, March is, is a little bit more unusual, um, but th- it's still pretty common. And um, I think we're seeing it even longer this year because the clients that he has this offseason, they're the t- they're, it's a weak class of free agents. Um, he has some of the best ones out there, but they are very volatile players. I mean, Cody Bellinger is a very uh, difficult guy to project long term into the future because his entire career has, has been a roller coaster. I mean, Blake Snell is is the best pitcher out there in the market, but he's he's had a bit of a his value has really fluctuated over the years as well, and so he's another hard one to project. I mean, Jays fans only need to look at Matt Chapman's last, you know, his twenty twenty three season. Look at what he did right. in April, and then what he did the rest of the year. So, what kind of player is Matt Chapman? These are very difficult things to figure out, and so you've got that going on. Uh, on the other side of it, you, you've got, you know, a lot of major league baseball teams, another ongoing trend who are not trying to be all that competitive. You've got some issues with their broadcast deals where teams are really trying to save money. So it's this really confluence of, of factors that are coming together to, to really kind of delay and push things back even more than, than they normally would. And how do you like, Go ahead, Dave. well, how do you like the, uh, the idea of, uh, of commissioner Rob Manfred? In other words, the idea of the owners, to create a free agent signing period early in the off season. In other words, December. Now the players association has said uh, categorically, no way we want this, but you can see why the owners would want it. First of all, uh, a lot of interest. uh, And if the activity comes in a three or four week uh, period, uh, what happens if the players just, ignore it and uh, and don't sign the idea seems to be that you know if you want six years or more you got to sign in this window and then anyway this is going to be part of the next cba uh i kind of like it i mean you know here we are waiting for news and waiting for things to talk about and spring training has started and four you know at least four big names uh bellinger and chapman and and uh snell and montgomery are are sitting there waiting for the right deal and it, you know, the sport is helped if uh, everybody's in camp and they're ready to go so i like the well, idea if you, remember, it's never Dave, pass. If, if you remember uh before the last work stoppage 
I don't before the lockout. Do you remember the panic <laughs> that the that the oh. teams had, Gregor, of yeah. of signing everybody they could under the old rules? Yeah. And yeah. and it create it really created a frenzy, didn't it? It was. I mean, it was very it was it was reminiscent of what you see in the NHL and NBA, except it wasn't necessarily in one day. It was it was kind of a, a spread out across a couple of weeks. And, and that was great for the game. Um, I would love to see a deadline, too. I think it would be perfect. Um, I don't think it's ever going to happen anytime soon uh, because the players are absolutely not going to go for it. I, I think that will become potentially uh, a strike issue. Uh, but I mean, ideally, um, you would get guys signed everything done before the holidays i mean you have the winter meetings in early december you, you want to get the bulk of your work done there um tidy up the rest of the business in, in december and then when that does is it gives you it gives you january to to try and sell the team uh in terms of like you know the old caravans that guys did the winter tours um you can really start pumping up the upcoming season and that's going to help with season ticket sales when you get guys signed early I mean, at this point in time, it's hard to get those the, the real preseason buzz uh, going when when you essentially you you have like 50 percent of the offseason that's complete and, and nothing more. So I, I would love a deadline. I think it would be great. It worked. It worked incredibly well during the year uh, of the lockout. I just don't think it's going to happen. Even if well, the deadline was today. Right. Yeah. Even if, you know, the day that, it, you know, you have to be signed by spring training starting. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, it would, it would. The problem is, is that the players are just not there, there's nothing in it for them. I mean, Boris is, is already kind of come out this week uh, after Manfred, uh, you know, had those comments yesterday. Boris was was quoted within hours um, saying that there's absolutely nothing in that for the players. And it's just kind of suppressing their value for the sake of suppressing their value. So um, it would be really nice to see. I, I hope it is something that we, we see. Uh, down the road uh, but you know I, at the very least I'd like to get back to where this sport was 10 years ago where you know you might have an occasional guy uh, trickle out into January or February but for the most part the bulk of the work is, is done before Christmas. What happened this year that nobody's talking about the Otani signing mm -hmm. he signs for 30 million dollars more than anybody else that is a ridiculous unprecedented number and I think what happened is the ages like Boris raise the bar with everybody else accordingly because it's happened for decades and the teams said no he maybe gets 70 million but i'm not paying five million dollars extra for this guy 20 million bucks and i really think that's what happened during this offseason that's why we've seen so many free agents not signed well, if he's if he's got the best hitter and the best pitcher, and they're Cody Bellinger and, and Blake Snell, then uh, yeah, he wants to go as high as he can because there's there's yeah, no but he's gone no too high, David. Oh, well, we're event not, eventually we'll, something's got to give. You know, either these guys are going to sit out till uh, you know the All Star break, or or they're going to well, take whatever they get. So you know, maybe. Maybe his empire comes crumbling down this year. Who knows? Boy, oh boy. <laughs> I'm not sure about that one, Bob. Well, <laughs> he's not be... getting what he's asking me for. I'll tell you that. You know that. How many general so... managers would cheer that? <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, hey, Bob mentioned Otani. Um, is this just, uh, are we going to get the trophy and get Manfred to just to walk it into Chavez Ravine and, and give it to them is, are there other teams in the, in the national league? Are there other teams in major league baseball that are of course going to be as good honor. as the Dodgers? You know, well, but so who, who, so who, 
ATL. <laughs> yeah, yeah buddy, our, I'm, a, I'm, I'm buddy, a, huh? IKF. I'm ATL. I'm just. I know you're cut. You're you're really getting into the hip stuff, Dave. Anyway, why why we have to nominate Alex Anthopoulos as Atlanta Braves, don't we? Hundred percent. Sure. I think so. Yeah. All right, and and who and 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 is it Texas and Houston in the American League? Uh, Texas has uh, pitching uh, 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 questions, uh, though world you know World Series uh, pedigree. Um, Houston is always Houston, and and the Orioles. Yeah, I think it's your Orioles, David. Well, you know already though they got injury concerns. And I get Kyle, it. Kyle Bradish, very John Means. Gunnar Henderson. Uh, yeah, but they're deep, deep, deep. No, I, I, I think uh, I don't know if they can win the World Series, but um, no, I think you know if you don't like the Dodgers, you like Atlanta, and if you don't like Atlanta, you like the Dodgers. You got to start there, and uh, and I don't know that there's whatever the third team is can match the first two. I'll tell you the part about the Orioles that that. You know, if, if I'm the Jays, it really concerns me. I mean, the fact that they've got that pending sale right now, um, right. they've got a payroll that is half of what the Blue Jays is. Uh, and and right. Dave, t Dave touched on it. They've they've got some injuries already this spring. I'd be a little concerned if I was the Jays about them. If they have, if their wallets get opened up here a little bit, I, I mean, they would be a perfect fit for. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that they're going to be able to do it, but they'd be a perfect fit for a Jordan Montgomery or a Blake Snell. Uh, to go in and really solidify the rotation. I mean, there's there's a couple of key pieces that are still really out there, uh, and, and they have a really really low payroll right now, and, and well into the future as well. So if they get an indication at all, I mean, they they got they they traded for Corbin Burns very shortly after that sale was announced. Uh, if they can get an influx of cash here in the relatively near future and become a factor for another one of those guys, it's just going to make them even better. Well, they might see Montgomery if not. Snell uh, land in in Boston. Uh, you know the Red Sox have promised a whole lot and haven't uh, delivered anything really. Uh, so those guys are out there for them. One thing we haven't talked about because the season hasn't started yet and there's still time for trades uh, as well as free agent signing. Do the Jays have anything that they would or could trade, Gregor? Not compared to a lot of, I mean, there, there's always something to trade, but I mean, the minor Eduardo league system, Escobar. there you go. <laughs> uh, the minor league system is certainly not a strength right now. And it's, and it's, it's that, you know, the constant flow of talent uh, hasn't really happened. I mean, there, there's been a bit of a lull here uh, since the last time that a there, big lull. Yeah, big yeah, lull. there has, and, and there's going to be another one until Ricky Tiedemann comes along. Um, so, I mean, Ricky Tiedemann is not going anywhere. They do have other pieces that they can trade, particularly, uh, some of their infielders. Um, but when you're talking about guys like Addison Barger, Arelvis Martinez probably has the most value, uh, but they're not necessarily the blue chip guys that are, are going to go out and get you a big piece. So, so they can, they can make some moves. Um, but you know, who are you trying to make moves against? So are, if the Orioles are in the, in the mix for the same player, for example, the Orioles are going to have many more options to go through and complete that deal every single time. And there's, there's probably, probably about 15 to 20 other teams out there that could say the same. So the Jays aren't operating from a position of strength there. They do have some assets to, to, to move and they'll be able to make some, some trades this year. Um, but if they get into it, they can't get into a bidding war with trades because a lot of times they're not going to come out and talk. Well, you're well, going to organization. Um, last guy that they produced that was a good player was a catcher. 
as we all know. And what they did is they shipped him off to Arizona. How long, how long, John? 40, 40, 43 minutes before we went to mention Moreno. That's well, the That's guy's a star, right? Yeah. And they sent him away for a can of corn. Yeah. Um, a can of corn playing left field. It was the worst trade the Blue Jays have ever made, ever. I want to, well, this might be, uh, your your thought might be that this could be uh, uh, right there with it. And you three guys are going to scream. But if pitching is the Jays' strength, as it obviously is, I would dangle Ricky Tiedem. Why not see what he could bring? And it seems to me I have a name in mind who could play third base for the next 15 years. And Noel V. Marte in Cincinnati, I don't know if the Reds would do it. Uh, but, um, you know, if, if, if your, your weakness is, is on the field and at the plate and your strength is pitching, this guy might be, you know, a Cy Young winner, but he could also have two Tommy John surgeries in the next five years. He's already had, he's already had arm trouble. He is, you know, these young guys are volatile. Um, I, I'd give it a try. And uh, as you I trust said, this general manager to make a good deal. Well, I don't know anybody trust me to try to trade Ricky Tiedemann, but <laughs> well, I don't, I don't trust him enough for a second. Well, I, I, I think you know that's bold, but I, I think bold, look at what he's done, David. Well, bold would be good. No, I'm, I'm. This is me making the deal. I, I don't yeah. know. That Whatever. But Gre- uh, Gregor, tell me, I'm dead wrong. I don't know that you're necessarily dead wrong about it. I mean, I, I, I think this team does need a bit of a bold move. So, I mean, I mean, Tiedemann's certainly not a guy I would be shopping. Um, and it would be a very, very small, uh, circle of players that I would consider trading him for. Is Marte one of them? You, you raised a very interesting one. I, I mean, those are the, those are, that's a very, it's a very, I, I certainly don't know that the Jays have ever talked about that. Uh, but it's certainly an interesting move and it's a type of move I would definitely be considering because, I mean, we've seen this before. I mean, Nate Pearson, I was as high on Nate Pearson as anybody I've ever seen coming up on the way. You know, when I, when I went down and, and saw him on, on the way to the minor, on his way up through the minor leagues, there are a couple starts in Buffalo where I'd never seen a guy dominate the way he did. And, and I thought he was as close to a lock as you can get. Um, well, injuries played a role there, but I mean, effective, effectiveness played a role there too. And so there there is no such thing as a lock. And so I mean, the Jays need to be all in on this current window right now, because if if this season does not work out, um, you know, th- this is all going to start from scratch again. And so, yeah, yeah, you could start your brand new rebuild, rebuild with a Ricky Tiedemann, um, but you could also potentially use him to really extend your current window right now. And to me, the priority is the current window. And so I'd be trying to do everything you can yeah. to try and load up and take advantage of your last few couple years of, of Guerrero and Bichette. And, you know, if you do well, maybe you get to keep it around long-term, but if you don't do well right now, the whole thing is, is going to sink here in a very short order of time. So I don't think you can say anybody's off, off, uh, you know, untouchable at this point. I couldn't help when, as Dave suggested that in Tiedemann, I couldn't help but think about the, the years, that we lived with uh, hope and talked about the the three pitchers in Lansing for the Lansing lug nuts. Remember that? That was, uh-huh. and, yeah. and, and where, and, and, and did, I guess Syndergaard was Syndergaard, the one. That, Sanchez. And, 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 but, and did, I guess Syndergaard would be viewed as a success long-term at some point, not oh, necessarily wow. with the Jays, but 
but, if the, but they're all quite they all end up being question marks at some point that's my kind of my point yeah and and, and none of them had the careers that were expected of them expected uh, right. i mean they had blips and, and syndergaard had a, you know a couple of incredibly dominant seasons and, and sanchez had, had 2016 as a starter and he had 2015 in the bullpen uh, but outside of that, I mean, this is a yeah. guy who was in his 20s and essentially had a baseball. So there were blips, but the, the careers themselves never panned out. Well, my yeah. proposal with with uh, uh, Cincinnati is you'd be talking to a team that is the exact opposite of the Jays that has uh, they got they got lots of offense and they need pitching. So right. I think it's a match. I don't as I say, I don't know if the Reds would do it. And I, I'm guessing we think that the Jays wouldn't do it. But yeah. um as I say, trades like you know, could you could you get something for David Schneider if somebody else saw him at no, his best? And, no, but, wait, no. nothing. You get Cannon Corn, you know. Bob, you, Bob, Bob, you want to trade Marshall, right? You wanted to trade him. Oh, I would, I would, but I don't know who played that field now. But yeah, yeah, you need, but you, you need to get a good bat back somehow. Yeah, I know you're not going to. Anyway, boys, thanks for this. Oh, hey, before I before we go, um, uh, Gregor, how was the Super Bowl? How was the Super Bowl? The Super Bowl was very good. I had a very good time. I, I missed your text, I think, because I was having too much. Well, uh, I know, but how? But, but, I mean, what 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 was the lasting impact of uh, of of the, the weekend in Vegas or the week in Vegas? Uh oh, I don't I I don't know. It was uh it was a whirlwind. So it was just a it's 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 always a good time. John, uh, okay, good. John, one Super Bowl comment, or from me to you. Remember yes, our C remember our CFL days. Yes, sir. Okay. Know the overtime rules in the CFL. Yes, I do. If Th Kyle Shanahan, if Kyle Shanahan calls any CFL coach and says, yeah. "What do I do if I win the coin toss?" The CFL <laughs> coach says, "Take the ball you play, second. You play defense, right?" Yeah. 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 That's that's the lasting that's my lasting memory of the Super Bowl that the, that the coin the coin toss was bungled. If all, only to be at the Hodge house as he's yelling at the television as the coin toss occurs. Well, and, <laughs> and how and how many people won money on the coin toss or lost yeah. money? All right, boys. Thanks for this. Have a great weekend. See you Bye -bye. guys. Thanks, guys. Gregor Chisholm of the Toronto Star. Dave Hodge, McCallum. I'll be back after this. So we got Dave and Gregor's uh, prediction. They think they're going to be a wild card team. What's yours? I don't. I'm not convinced at all. Maybe they will be, but uh, I don't think this team is as good as last year. And last year they weren't good enough. And I'm very concerned that the pitching staff won't be able to be uh, to hold the team up the way they did last year. Well, as Dave talked about, the the most positive story of last season was the health of the rotation. It was so healthy most of the year, right? But it was also a pretty good rotation, right? Was oh, it no, it was a great um, rotation. Right. I mean, So can they do that collectively two years in a row? I doubt it. I doubt yeah. it. See, the, the other one is, is I, I'm, I'm less optimistic or I'm, I'm, I'm more worried uh, that, Vladimir Guerrero, who won that big arbitration, the $19 million arbitration, um, I, I don't think he's a 40 home run hitter. Well, he's I not. Really he hasn't looked like it, has he, the past couple of years? No, 
And, and, and so, and we've, we've touched on this over the last year is that is hitting 27 home runs where he is or hitting 47 home runs. Well, and uh, my, my, my thinking is he's closer to uh, my thinking is he's closer to 27, Bob. Sure. He is. I think so too. And the outfield will, will be lucky to hit 47 collectively. Well, that, hey, no, no, that's it. We're going to have to keep track of that one. That's a good one. Yeah. We'll have to see what, what that is. Uh, all right. Okay. Well, here we are. You're going to watch some golf this weekend. Tiger's playing. I Tiger Tiger won't be an issue, but I'll probably watch a bit. Yeah, Riviera. It's one of my favorite golf courses. You ever played it? I have once, many many yeah, years I, ago. I played once. I like. I love the golf course. Yeah, I love the golf course except 18. 18. I I just 18 killed me every time. Yeah, I'm going up the hill. <laughs> Complete. <laughs> yeah, my ball did not really enjoy going uphill. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Robert, have a good weekend. You too, John. See you Monday. Bye-bye. Yes, sir. Thanks for listening or watching the McCowan Podcast. Bye.